International swimming is finally over with the conclusion of the European Swimming Championships in Rome. Steve here, this is the Pool Boy Podcast. Bob and Katie are on board. Uh, We're going to run the rule over what happened in Rome, uh, look at some of the British swims and and the other bits and bobs that occurred. Bob is still in Rome. Uh, Enjoyed your week there watching the swimming, Bob? Very much, and uh, it was great to be back here, you know, 13 years after we were here for the World Championships. Not much has changed, I mean, it was the same kind of layout, same structure, all the food courts and everything else. So there was a lot going on behind the scenes with the swimming. It wasn't that well prepared in terms of getting the event on, I've got to be absolutely honest. It might have looked great to front of house, and all the pictures were quite good for the most part, but uh, there was a little lack of attention to detail behind the scenes, which you wouldn't have seen, but uh, for those who were working on it, uh, was quite evident from the start well it did look uh, pretty good on tv as you say and uh, there was some uh, excellent swimming going on in the uh, foro italico pool um we are going to mainly focus on the brits as we normally do but before we do that there's one swim katie that we really got to talk about from um, david popovich who uh, broke the world record for the uh, 100 meters freestyle with a 46.86 uh, swim in the final there uh, what did you make of that uh yeah pretty amazing um he's 17 he's not a big guy um he swims it so differently i mean i'd kind of liked i don't know if anybody's done a mashup of the old world record sort of next to this um but i think they're very very different swims his back end is just just blows my mind um he's he's incredible and he's he's a showman um, it's really fun to watch. And, it, you know, what a long summer for him. I think we've seen him at World's European Juniors. We're seeing him here. He's going on to World Juniors. Um, he's just having a massive year and he doesn't seem to be getting tired. Two things I should say, Steve. The, the turns are unbelievable. You look at his turns and he gains, I don't know how much he gains, but the, the, there's a fair proportion of that swim. It just gets propulsion. Off the off the turns and and suddenly it's like a rocket comes off those turns so quickly and like for example in that hundred he wasn't even leading at fifty it was second at fifty um, but when he comes off the turn he, he's already about half a body to almost a body length clear uh, and that there's something that he does uh, I'm sure the uh, analysts will all be looking at that kind of stuff and trying to work it all out but also I thought it was quite interesting that people are making quite a few comparisons with Michael Phelps at the same age. Same kind of body mass, you know, relatively scrawny, uh, not a lot of meat on him. Uh, and people saying, you know, he is quite Phelps-like in lots of ways. He definitely has a similar sort of physique. And you're right about his turns. His uh, his underwater work is exemplary. I mean, his breakouts are just you know, fantastic. And what's so impressive is, you know, he looks like he's pulling away from the field, but the reality is he's just not slowing down. You know, he, he keeps his pace all the way through those second 50s and everyone else is, you know, dropping off their pace and his his is just staying up there. And we saw that um, again in the 200 metres uh, where he became the first man in a textile suit to break 143 with a 142.97. Um, you know, lots of people are saying, oh, is he going to break the, the world record? Yeah, he, maybe he will do that one day, Katie. Yeah, it's still quite a long way to go because that is an obscene world record. I think it's 142 dead, isn't it? Um, yeah. But 
I mean, he looks currently is looking like the most likely person to do it. Um, I mean, I know we've been talking about him probably for a couple of years, but it does feel like it's been such a like rapid ascent um, to where he is now. If someone had told me a year ago that he'd be the world record holder on 100 free and have broken 143 on, on 200 free, I, I think I would have thought that was a bit of a stretch just because like it just doesn't happen at 17. Um, but he just seems to be improving all the time um, and, and having a really good time when he's doing it, which I think is kind of really important. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty mind-blowing. And what about his 3.47 in the 400? Now, he had no entry time on that, and he was in the first heat. And we're all going, hmm, let's see what he's going to do here. He was under European record pace at 200 in that, and just eased up afterwards, uh, and obviously didn't do the final. But 3.47 for his first international 400 freestyle. Yeah, it's 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 really impressive. I don't I don't know if you can focus on the hundred, the two hundred, and the four hundred. Um, to the, like when you're as good as he is, I don't know if you can excel in all of them, sort of to the same extent. Um, but if there's someone who's going to do it, I wouldn't be that surprised if it's him. Especially with a decent Romanian junior uh, freestyle relay at the moment. I mean, they were in, and he was the lead off for it here. They didn't make the finals, it turned out, but. You know, they've obviously got designs on that for Paris. Now, if he has to do relays as well, he certainly can't do 400. Yeah, that's a good point. I'd sort of, yeah, his, his, I suppose his schedule was probably quite a lot lighter than a lot of the guys who were doing 100, you know, sort of 100, 200 freestylers because there were just, uh, there were a lot of opportunities for relays this week. Um, and some, some I think ended up having a really heavy schedule, which wasn't something that he had to look at so much. All right, I did put a uh, call out on social media earlier asking if anyone had any questions for us and a, and a number came in and we'll deal with most of them at the end. But there was one that came in from Jonathan, which is relevant to our conversation now. He asked, if Popovich was going to go 141.9, what's the most feasible way to split it? 49.9 and a 52 or 49.5 and a 52.4? So what he's saying, Katie, and I don't know what your view on this would be, does he go out just a fraction faster than he does currently and bring it back quite a bit faster or does he go all out for the first hundred and uh, give himself more leeway to, to drop off at the end? Um, obviously, I don't know the answer, but I would say the way that he seems to prefer to swim his races would um, lend itself more to the going out slightly faster and bring it back ridiculously strong. Um, I don't think we've seen him go for it on the first 50 ever or the first hundred, you know, um, of, of a 200. So um, I, I think I think probably the back end focus is going to be where his strength lies, particularly compared to so many others. Um, people are starting to go out quite a lot faster, I think, in the men's 200 free now. They're really sort of pushing the front end. Um, so whether or not he'll be dragged along with them and, and not be able to push that back end in the same way that he has, um, I think will be interesting to see. But then... You know, if you look at the women's event, the 200 free, the only way that Titmus has been able to get close to Pellegrini's record is to really push the first 100. So, you know, there's an argument that that's, that's the way to do it. That's the way you've got to do it. And certainly when I've heard people like Ian Thorpe talking about how that record's going to be broken, the, the school of thought seems to be you just have to go for it. Um, but then I don't think we've come across a, a back end beast like, that, like uh, Popovich um, quite yet. Could he even split? I think I think that's I think that's too big an ask. Um, but I mean, 
he's he's got the skills, but I just think you know with the with the start, I think an actual even split. Um, Molly O'Callaghan would tell me that I'm wrong, but I think an actual even split is unlikely. I think if anyone was going to do it, he could. But uh, I tend to agree that because the suits gave so much advantage at the end, that you've got to get ahead of it and and yeah. hang on for grim death. I mean that, that last fifty as well from. Uh, uh, from Biederman was ridiculous. So it, somebody's got to do that. Because every time I see that the inside the record at 100 and 150, I say, but bear in mind that last 50 went like a rocket. So you've you got to find that speed over the last 50 somehow. Yeah, it's like the like the men's 200 breaststroke world record line now. You think, oh my God, they're under it, they're under it. And then you remember that Stubble T. Cook came back sort of in some unbelievable last 50 and that being close to it at 150 is absolutely no indication whatsoever. Indeed, it's not. Well, we will keep watching uh, to see whether he can get down to that 141. Um, and uh, perhaps he'll do it next year, but uh, or the year after. Might do it at World Juniors. Yeah, well, who knows? Maybe in a, in a couple of weeks he'll get another step towards it. But uh, I think that's enough of David Popovich for this uh, for this podcast, because we want to talk about the Brits, um, who had you know, a pretty successful week uh, all round in Rome. And top of the pile, Bob, uh, one Ben Proud who uh, added the European title to his Commonwealth World uh, well, world Long Course and World Short Course titles that he's won this season already. I mean, he just, no, we're running out of superlatives for him. We are, but I don't think he's anywhere near respected by people outside the swimming fraternity. Um, I'm seeing BBC Sport going on about Dean Asher-Smith and her cramp, and I'm seeing and talking about Adam Jamili and his problems at the Commonwealth Games. Ben Proud does not get anywhere near the recognition or acknowledgement he should have. You know, and I think part of it is down to his demeanour. You know, he, he, it was interesting that he was presented his medal uh, last night by Anthony Irving. So you've got two complete contrasts there. You've got the showman, the outgoing. You know, Ben is very laid back. He's very focused on what he does. You saw him in the call room before the final, just standing around there, you know, not pumping himself up, not beating his chest. You know, it looked like he he just arrived at a, a club meet, not, not, not a European final. And I think therein lies the problem that to a certain extent we expect – 50 freestylers and to say it's 100 freestylers in the men's to be showmen to to have all that kind of bravado he's the reverse he he, he goes against the the textbook on that and i think that's half of the problem that people you know they see adam peter obviously adam is, is is the best in the world uh right across the ball when he when he's on on full form but i just think that almost kind of works against him that because he's not the big uh, breast beating and uh, showman and arms waving, splashing the water when he finishes kind of thing. Um, I don't think people go anywhere near acknowledging what a fan... If that was Usain Bolt, and he's the equivalent of our Usain Bolt in, in swimming, uh, he'd be getting column inches, he'd be getting loads of stuff. He's not getting any of that. No, I think he's, uh, I think he's harshly done by in terms of the coverage he's got. Uh, I mean... He does his his talking in the water rather than on the on the deck, as you say, Bob. But but Katie, we had our hearts and our mouths a little bit this week because uh, it did look like um, he was gonna, just going to get touched out, but he somehow, you know, extended a really long arm to, to get the touch at the end. Yeah, um, I was I was pretty I wasn't nervous before the race because I just think he's looked so so great. Um, but yeah, it was really really close towards the end. I think it was just a couple of hundreds, wasn't it, um, that it came down to. But I just so wanted him to have that 
perfect summer. Um, I feel like he deserves it. He's a, you know, he he's a, he interviews so well. Um, you know, he might not be the loudest, but he's he seems like a great guy. Um, and everyone in on the team seems genuinely so pleased for him. Um, I think it, I suppose when you've got a lot of people around you who are doing so many events, it can be difficult to get the same coverage and sort of have the same presence I suppose than the people who were doing a load of events and, and constantly being interviewed um following those events but um you know it, it's such a competitive event it relies on everything being perfect and he just works on that perfection all the time and you know this summer it just couldn't have really paid off anymore um, I really want to see him get that Olympic medal to go with it. And I know everybody will talk about the job that James Gibson's doing with him in Turkey, but let, let's acknowledge what John Rudd did with him when he was down at Plymouth because his starts are still the best. Um, reaction times are always the best pretty much for him in the 53. And, and I thought it was quite interesting. They had back-to-back victories on the final night from Ben Proud, Ruta Melutite both under John Rudd, both with the best starting times. And that has stayed with him all the way through. They do. They really do stand out with their starts, both of them. Um, I thought particularly in Ruta's uh, semi-final, just like a, a world apart. Well, if you're going to swim 50s fast, you've got to have a good start. And uh, and Ben, well, if he's not the best in the world, he's he's right up there. And, uh, you know, it's just carried him through this summer. Um, and he, he just seems very comfortable in his skin. And, um, you know, that's that's served him well and you know well done to him because uh, not many people win one of those titles let alone hold all three uh, at the same time so um, i never saw him in warm up once steve he was it was always in the uh, the pool that's at, you, you know this case because you were there uh, the one that's indoors at the back i never actually saw him train at any stage in the competition pool uh, he, he would keep a low profile he was out of the way i didn't see james gibson at any point either and he just rocks up and does what he does I think that's a very sensible plan, Ben. European warm-ups, I can verify, are among the most brutal in the world. <laughs> Stay well clear then. I think Ben, I think, well, mind you, he's a big unit, isn't he? So he'd probably be able to look after himself even in one of those. But uh, no, good advice for anyone who goes to European Championships. Stay out of the warm-up pool. Okay, let's uh, let's move on uh, and flip over to the women's team. Um, Freya Anderson uh, had a great week, six medals, which was... Uh, Put her third, I think, on the on the uh, the list of multiple medal winners. It did indeed third, um, with uh, two golds, three silvers, uh, and a bronze medal. Um, Katie, uh, what did you make of her this week? Yeah, I don't think I had expected quite this level of success. Um, not because she's not good enough, not at all. That I just think she's had a, a really long season. Um, looked pretty tired. I think I thought towards the end of Commonwealth Games, and it must have been hard for people to turn it around so quickly. Travel on somewhere else. Travel to somewhere, I suppose, where you don't have the home crowd, and and just pick up where you left off. I think she did her fastest hundred freestyle of the season, which is great. Um, I imagine she was slightly disappointed with where she where she ended up on the podium in the in the two hundred free, um, because it did feel like a real chance to take that European Championship. Um, but you know, she had a pretty relentless program, and she performed every single time she hit the water. Um, I, I thought she was great. She did. She did have a, a very big program. She did very well, and uh, she's such a racer, Bob. Because you know, even if she's she's feeling tired, um, you know, long end of a long season, she was still right in there and, and 
giving everything for the team and you know chasing people down in relays and uh, and indeed you know closed out that that four by two relay that uh, that took the gold and uh, it's great to have her and she relishes it that was that was a great thing I chatted to her a couple of times during the course of the week and it wasn't like oh my god I've got another race coming up she she was really buoyed at the prospect going right I'm going to be the anchor leg swimmer on a quartet that could get a medal could get a gold medal could could certainly be on the podium so I think she. <sighs> If you look at it with the with the swimmers that she's with, she's almost like uh, the most experienced. Well, she is the most experienced now, so she's kind of uh, looking after her flock in a certain way. And she was uh, very much keen on on anchoring the, those quartets. And uh, although she she was she was obviously tired, and she she gave that impression when I was talking to her, she, it, it, she went with that kind of right few more swims and I'm done. So I'm just going to give everything in it. If, if, I, if I suffer from my heart for a couple of weeks, so be it. That, that's what I need to do. Well, great for her. Great for her this week to, uh, to pick those six medals up. Now, she didn't pick up an individual gold, uh, just missed out on the 200, as, as Katie says, but um, someone who did pick up an individual gold from the uh, ultimate outside smoking in lane eight, um, Bob, someone that, that you took us to task over for the Commonwealth Games because uh, we didn't we didn't think he'd do as well as he did, but he was absolutely brilliant in, in Rome in that final. James Wilby in the 200 breaststroke. I mean, I didn't see it coming based on his semi-final performance, but he absolutely nailed that final. Well, all I can say is what I said in the commentary before. I didn't know who the favourite was for that race. So I'm looking down the list and there wasn't a standout. There wasn't one, oh, that's the person they've got to beat. So I thought, well, you got a lane, James. You're not going to know what's going on in the centre lanes. So go for it. And I thought, he, he went out very powerfully. He went out much quicker than he normally does. And I thought, is this suicidal? You know, are you really going to pay for this over the last 50? Um, but he did a brilliant job. I kept thinking they're going to come back to him. They're going to come back to him. They never did. Um, and it was strange on, on the TV angle. A couple of times I looked at the screen, it looked like they were much closer than they actually were. In real time, looking at the pool, I knew they weren't. Um, but to do 208, you know, anybody's doing 208 when they've done a World Championships, uh, Commonwealth Games, and then a Europeans, I think is, is an amazing... I could actually put it down as the swim of the week for me because, you know, to do 2.8 when you've had the racing he's had and the highs and lows he had last year, I think that was absolutely sensational. And Casey, how much do you think it was that the guys in the middle just couldn't see him, you know, and they didn't know he was there and they were racing much themselves? Oh, well, I mean, he could he probably couldn't see them either. So I sort of think that that goes two ways. Um, I, To be honest, I think it was just a, a brave race. Um, And as, as Bob said, you know, no huge standout before that um and it was about there i mean there were a few events where there were chances um and it was really about the person who just decided to take the chance i think we saw a, a kind of similar swim in that women's 200 fly final yesterday with the the young girl from um from bosnia i think it was he just he just took it out and i think I thought you know, it was suicidal. James, I, I, I yeah, I know, exactly. Girl, and I said in common, just, she's not going to keep this going, surely. And she got stronger. I mean, she, well, she's 16, 16 yeah. years of age. Obviously, the impetuosity of youth. She went in there and go, well, I can do this. And I'm thinking, just wait for that elephant and piano to arrive with 50 to go. And she just got stronger. And yeah, again, talk about standout swims. I know we're talking about the Brits mainly. But for me, for a 16-year-old to go in there, gutsy, very gutsy, um, you know, I'm sure most people, I, I imagine just about everybody watching around the world thought she's going to die. <laughs> she's going to die terribly. Yeah. And she didn't. 
But I think, I mean, I probably had a similar feeling on James Wilby's last 50 of like, he can't, he cannot possibly hold on to this, surely. And he just did. And, you know, what a, what a year this has been. I know he was, you know, he had, a, he's had a tough year and he's spoken about it. Um, but just taking chances, um, making the most of opportunities and delivering swims that we haven't seen him deliver, you know, for, for a pretty long time in the 200, certainly. Um, I was I was really tough for him and he, he speaks really well. He's, he inter- he's interviewed really well and he's given some great quotes, I think, over the last week. Well, he deserved that gold medal, certainly. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, young Lana Pudar from the from Bosnia, who won the um, the two hundred fly. A couple of young ladies who were uh, impressed for Great Britain. Katie, uh, your namesake, Katie Shanahan. We've spoken about her before. Picked up a silver in the two hundred back. And Freya Colbert picked up a bronze in the four hundred IM. It's really great for them to get their first GB medals. I mean, Katie won medals at the Commonwealth Games for Scotland, but you know, she's kept it going for the for the two weeks, and and they've both now got international medals. For, with the yeah, Great Britain I, I think it's another another one of those um, things we just talked about about taking a chance. Um, you know, when when these spaces open up, and um, I was really really pleased for both of them, and I think it's exciting to see how Katie's coming through as a backstroker as well as an IM. She also did a really impressive um, 200 IM semi final, a little bit slower in the final, but I mean dropped a big chunk of time off that 200 IM, the sort of PB that you just don't really see from people who are on senior international teams. So um, she just seems to be getting more confident. Um, she's, she's, I think, really benefited from her ISL experience where she was brilliant um, earlier in the uh, earlier in the season. And then I think had a bit of a sort of tough time as we went into the long course season, but has really kind of backed everything up um, this, this summer. And um, Freya just seems to be massively taking everything into her stride because this is the first we've seen of her at the senior international level this year. Um, she's delivered, you know, consistent 157s on 203 after having done that for the first time at trials, which I think is really impressive. She's been catapulted onto a number of relays that have got medals, you know. And then to cap it off, I think she would have been disappointed at the Commonwealth Games not to pick up a, a, an individual medal when she was so close in that 400 IM. But she's come away here and, you know, really, really delivered. I don't think we've seen what she can do in the 400 free yet because I know that was right at the back of the programme and I think she was pretty tired by then. Um, but I think that will be interesting to see next season as well. Yeah, looking forward to seeing that 400 IM time come down. She's now on the 440 range. Uh, I can I can see that coming down quite rapidly, and maybe Hannah's British record under threat before too long. Yeah, it's I mean it's a really strong British record, isn't it? So there's a way to go still, but um, it, you know they're both improving all the time. So I think that'll be quite a good rivalry to have, um, you know, within the UK because that's there's been an event where we haven't had kind of front runners for a little while with them um, Hannah and Amy retiring. So I think that they'll push each other on. Um, because, you know, if they're both up and around podium places, it's going to make them want it more. Well, we know we know uh, that um, Hannah and Amy pushed each other on. They both they both have said it. So maybe that rivalry, you know, is just what we need, as you say, in that event to, to keep it moving forwards. Staying with the um, staying with the women's team, Bob, I know someone who's been impressing you all year was impressive again in uh, in Rome and Medi Harris, silver in the, the 100 back and another key component of the relays as well. You know, yours. Still thinking she's uh, impressing you, I guess. 
Yeah, and impressed me even more. Now, she was one that did struggle with the outdoor conditions, and I did mention this in commentary about the backstroke. There were a couple of times where she did slightly lose her position uh, coming into the finish, and I think it uh, almost not quite did for her in the semi-final, but it meant that she didn't quite finish properly. She managed to correct that, fortunately, for the final, and I think, if anything, she's probably a bit annoyed, maybe a bit disappointed with herself. She didn't win that because she was finishing like a train, um, and in one more stroke, she would have won that. She was she was so close to winning the 100 back. And I think she's a massive talent. I think 19 just to turn 20 uh, in a few weeks' time. I think she is going to be enormous for us. And obviously, so important for that women's relay as well. Yeah, I, th- I think she's been so impressive. Again, another one that's just, you know, come onto the team for the first year, with massive, massive shoes to fill with Kathleen Dawson being out and injured. Um, And she's just taken it in her stride. You know, she's performed. She's now got individual international medals at two major events. Um, And she's sort of being called up, you know, to to be in freestyle relays as well, which is not her focus, absolutely. But, you know, and every single time she performs, I've never seen a, in fact, I don't think I've seen a single swim from her since Worlds that I've thought, well, you know, they've all been great. Well, she has been a big find this year uh, for Britain. And um, yeah, she's going to be important moving on uh, and, no, over the next two seasons leading in, into Paris. Um, someone who had a, a rather different week from the rest of the team was uh, Imogen Clark. She was picked late to go to, to Rome, you know, with uh, with people dropping out after Commonwealth Games uh, and un- somewhat unfortunately landed and went straight into COVID isolation, spent the first week in her hotel room. Um, fortunately, was let out on the day of her heat for the 50 breaststroke, her only event. I mean, maybe she would have swum the 100, who knows? But the only event that she had left to swim um, came out and absolutely nailed it, Katie, off the straight off the bat. Yeah, she was brilliant, um, and and brilliant to see her on the podium again. She looked like you know what a, what a great way to end a pretty rubbish week for her, um, rubbish health wise, not rubbish performance wise. Obviously, um, I really wanted her to break that thirty second barrier, and she was so so close. And she looked amazing in the semi final. I I sort of couldn't believe that she hadn't hadn't touched under thirty. Um, but yeah, brilliant. It's such a shame that there are such limited opportunities for for fifty stroke swimmers, um, because I think she's she just looks so strong, and um, you know we we just don't have another fifty breaststroker of that caliber at the moment. Um, and you know the scope for kind of exposure and for to, for her to show what she can do is pretty limited. Um, I think a hundred is a bit far for her. Just, she's just so, so strong. Um, Could she not adapt that stroke, Katie? Could she not adapt that stroke for a hundred? I, well, I think she used to do a hundred more often. Um, and she's now come down to focus on the 50. And I, I, I do think it is difficult to go back up. Um, and, and it, you know, coming down and I think she did a lot of work with Zoe Baker and when she sort of seemed to focus more on the 50 and I know she's, you know, Zoe's now in Australia and they're not working together anymore, but it has worked. It's transformed her into this real sort of, you know, dominant world beating 50 breaststroker. And I don't think she can do both. And she'll never get an Olympic medal though. To to me, that's the, yeah, the ultimate goal, I isn't it? I don't think, I don't think she I, I can't see how she could go 104 on 100 breaststroke. Adapt the stroke, do what you will. I, I think she is too, almost like too powerful. 
Um, I just don't think she's ever really had the 100 endurance. Um, and I certainly don't think she's going to go back to it now. Um, but that doesn't mean that she's not an absolutely incredible 50 swimmer. Um, and she seems to be having, she's like, I think she's really, really enjoyed this summer. She looks like she's been having a brilliant time. And I'm so glad that, you know, she's had a bit of exposure and we've been able to see her on a couple of podiums. I think she's kind of done a, a bit like Ben Proud. She said, right, well, this is my event. I'm going to do everything I can yeah, to be but absolutely But he can do it at the Olympics. That's oh, I know, I know, I know. But, um, you know, and, and I guess, I mean, I would guess she's got other things going on in her life, which probably means she can't commit to enough training, you know, to be an Olympic 100-metre breaststroker. You know, she's not funded. Uh, I mean, she swam in the, in the ISL for the last three seasons, and we know they've had some financial difficulties. So she's probably supporting herself. She's got other things going on in her life. She can... You know, get that 50 absolutely nailed. And Actually, she's very much like Zoe, actually, isn't she, uh, Katie, in that respect? The Zoe was one of those people they tried to get her to do hundreds and tried to get her to do relays, never really worked for her. Yeah, and I like, you know, for a lot of reasons, I think it's a shame the ISL isn't happening this year, but I think she's somebody who's, you know, she's got a hell of a lot to give um, a team in the ISL because 50s are a bit more valued. Um, but But sort of in a normal season, it, just the way that it is is that there's sort of you know there are limits as to what she's what she can be asked to do and and therefore I suppose how valuable a swimmer she is seen to British swimming and you don't get selected on teams for 50s now so that's the other problem she's got yeah no exactly it's a big problem I mean even even Bill Sweetenham picked Zoe Baker didn't he for 50s so uh, you know unfortunately that that those days are, are gone for the, for the time being at least um one final bronze medal to mention uh, and someone, Bob, who who found a, a sort of redemption, if you like, in Rome, uh, Luke Greenbank, who had that such a disappointment in Birmingham, but um, came back and, and took a gutsy bronze in the 200 backstroke. Yeah, no, he was kicking himself because, uh, again, I had a chat with him last week and he was so annoyed. The thing that annoyed him most about his Birmingham performance was letting the crowd down straight. Not letting himself down was, you know, he's there in front of 5,000 screaming fans who want him to do really well. And he, he kind of felt he let them down more than letting himself down in that. So that was a redemption. Uh, he looked he looked much happier in Rome after his semi-final and went into the final with, you know, high expectations. I think he wanted to do a bit better than bronze, but, you know, back on the horse again. And, uh, you know, as you think about it, it's not a bad year for him either. Silver medal of the world, bronze at the Europeans. All right, there was a gap in between, but, you know, he is now becoming a regular performer. And, of course, he had to do the the medley relay at the end because, uh, sadly, uh, Brody was not quite on form uh, this time in the 100 backstroke. So it's kind of uh, like old times again, him him leading off the medley relay. I was quite surprised um, that he went to Rome, to be honest, because I thought he looked pretty exhausted at the end of Commonwealth Games. Um, and I think, did he, was, was it Luke who hadn't been well before, was it shortly before Commonwealth Games? Um, I can't remember. I, I remember a few people saying, I couldn't remember if he'd, he'd had COVID or not previously, um, but I might have made that up. Um, I should probably have fact checked. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, but, um, I, I, I'm not aware of that. I mean, see, the 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 chat I had with him that that wasn't raised, but he, he certainly, you know, his annoyance at Birmingham was not so much about his performance, but the fact he'd let the uh, the fans down, which I thought was quite a nice, nice magnanimous way to look at it. I see he comes across as a great guy, so it's 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 nice that he's been able to end his season on a bit more of a high, um, and you know, disappointing as the Commonwealths were for him, it's not been a bad season. Um, 200 back wise for him no you know he did very well in, in uh, Budapest didn't he so uh, yeah 
nice to finish with that bronze medal and, uh, and go off on his break, you know, feeling a bit a bit happier, perhaps. Before we go into the questions, Steve, can I just mention one thing? Because we, we might possibly overlook him. I'm sure we won't, but just in case we do, Tom Dean. Uh, I mean, Thomas said, I think before he'd finished, he'd done 32 swims. I think he finished in, you know, nearer 40 than 30 at the end anyway. So you think about from Worlds to Commonwealth to Europeans, he, he needed his 40 swims in, in those three events. Uh, and he still managed to put in a shift in that last medley relay. I, I just think the guy is absolutely uh, humongous in the things that he does. Yeah, he's been, I mean... As Steve calls him, Relay Machine Dean. It, I, I suppose this has been the first year where I've realised that the addition of these mixed relays and the sort of pressure that it puts on particularly 100 people who can do 100 freestyle um, and the Europeans also 200 freestyle, it is just, it makes their workload absolutely enormous. And and it, in a way, it's great. And I've enjoyed watching a lot of the a lot of the relays, um, it felt like there were an awful lot of them in in Rome. Maybe maybe a bit too too many. Um, I'm always delighted when we get a medal, but I don't know how exciting a spectator event the mixed four by two hundred free no, is. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you because the, the lane order is always the same. It's apart from that weird thing where we nearly had Sarah Showstrom leading off for Sweden. Uh, it's always male, male, female, female. There's no change. Whereas there's always a bit of jeopardy in the medley relay. So I'm, I'm not sure the four by two mixed works. Whereas the medley does. Yeah, and I just think you know I don't know how many hundred freestyles and two hundred freestyles. Um, Tom Dean potentially could have done. I know he didn't have such a focus on the individuals, but um, if he, you know, if he'd done all of the possible ones, I just don't think he'd have never left the pool. And Matt Richards think. too, to be honest. I mean, Matt's yeah. done a lot of swimming. Uh, potentially, if he hadn't done, the, if he obviously pulled out of the two hundred, uh, he could have made the final of the two hundred as well. So he, could, he would have had three more swims. Yeah, well, I mean, it certainly adds to the workload, and it was interesting to see some teams, you know, mixing it up a little bit more in their in their mixed teams than, than perhaps picking their their four top people on paper for those races. But, um, you know, it's important on that basis that, that Britain has more people who can step in, do heats or, or step into finals if people are off. And, um, you know, someone who stepped up, I thought, pretty well in the relays was Ed Mildred, who uh, got given the, the task of anchoring the four by one and held on for a, a great bronze medal and then did the fly in the medley relay. And that, that didn't work out, you know, uh, it, to be a medal in the end, but he still did a really solid job. And uh, it, nice for him, Bob, to, um, you know, he swam, he swam heats for the relays at Commonwealth. Nice for him to get those couple of final swims as well. Yeah, and also to have that responsibility of having the anchor leg as well. Because when I saw that quartet, I'm thinking, really? Tom Dean's not on the anchor leg? And it was basically a bit of strategy on behalf of the team out here to say, okay, show us what you got, right? We, we want to rely on you. We want to give you a little bit of, you know, wriggle room here. We're not going to judge you on this, but we want to see what you can do. So we're going to put Tom uh, on leg three. I'm going to put you on leg four. You bring it home. And I thought it was very interesting, the, a little bit of strategy. I think it was Dave McNulty's call on that. And I thought, hmm, interesting bit of, you know, uh, psychology there, really to build the swimmer up and say, right, we believe in you, go and do it. Yeah, he was uh, he was really good. I mean, he certainly didn't let anybody down, uh, and that he'll be much much better for that experience. Um, right, we mentioned we've got some questions coming. Uh, there's a there's a couple which are relevant to the conversation we've just been having about relays. Jonathan, different Jonathan from before, but he's uh, he's asked on our general opinion on targeting relays over individual swims. Now, 
uh, a bit different this time because I know that, or we now know that um, the British swimming went to Rome with the intent of letting people only swim relays and maybe one or two individuals. So we saw Tom do the 100 free and then relays. We saw Anna Hopkin do the 50 free and then relays. Um, and people were dropping out of individuals all through the week. Um, what do we, what do we feel about that, Katie? I thought it was a little bit weird. I mean, I I sort of think because this was an optional event um, for people, you know, and a lot of people elected, I think, between Commonwealths and, and Europeans sort of not to actually go to the Europeans, having originally said they'd like to compete. Um, it, it just felt a little bit like you've kind of got one foot in and one foot out. Um, and I, I would have expected the approach to be, well, you know, if we're going to go, we're going to go and we're going to commit um, rather than we're going to sort of pick and choose a bit. Um, I also thought, and I have no idea why this was, it might just be a timing thing. It seemed like we were doing quite a lot of leaving empty lanes rather than kind of withdrawing in good time and, and getting our names taken off the start list, um, which I always think looks a bit it doesn't. It doesn't look. It doesn't give the greatest impression just when there's an empty lane or a load of empty lanes in a heat. Um, so, like, I can I can understand it. I, I get that everyone's exhausted, I, and that it's been a really long year and a, and a weird year. Um, but it, I just thought it was a little bit of a strange approach. Bob, anything to yeah, add? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Katie totally, and you know, my mind goes back to the Olympics and James Guy in the hundred fly, for example, where he's worked for, as it turned out, five years towards his individual event, his main individual event, and suddenly gets yanked out of out of the the lineup. And I'm thinking, but you've worked for five years for your individual event to have yourself centre stage at the Olympics, and then be told, actually, can you do the uh, the gallant thing and fall on your sword for the for the relays? And I, I, I feel uncomfortable about that, and I said so at the time. And Bob, did you get a sense of that there was yanking this time round rather than it being people's choice? Because, you know, I, I was quite surprised, um, like Freya Colbert doing the 400 on the last day, I just assumed that everyone would probably leave the individuals on the last day unless they were kind of nailed on medal chance but that made me think oh actually maybe it's kind of up to the swimmers about whether or not they want to swim yeah i think initially it was it's kind of how do you feel do you want to do it um i think with the tom dean situation obviously they thought there's a goal to be had in the four by two so we'll put all our eggs in that basket because the way that obviously give tom three more swims in addition to what he's got and he really would be running on empty I'd say with Matt Richards for that matter. So I kind of got that one. The four by two made a lot of sense. But there were examples during the week I'm thinking, certainly with the younger swimmers, I'm thinking, well, I think they could probably cope with it, to be honest. But um, from what I gather, you know, it was mainly management, but I'm sure in consultation with the swimmers. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I mean, if. I think they perhaps could have communicated what the art that no, British swimming, I mean, could have communicated a bit better what the aim for the for the meet was because we all thought, oh, yeah, here we go. Tom's going to have a go at, you know, Popovich in the 200, you know, whatever. And of course, that, that didn't eventuate. Um, but it was so late that, that we kind of realised that was what was going on. So um, maybe there's a communication piece there as much as anything. Um, but it does relate to the next question we've got from from Ollie, who uh, who asked us if we thought it was too much to ask for the swimmers to go to three meets, and should there have been more of a duty of care to prevent them burning out? Now, I'm I'm going to throw one thing in here and say, well, the, the Europeans were optional, as as we know, and we know a lot of people didn't go. Uh, I think people, like Abby Wood, Molly Renshaw, um, Duncan Scott, 
you know, Adam, we know, changed his mind quite understandably. So there was that option for people not to go. Um, but Katie, thoughts on, on that sort of duty of care to stop people burning themselves out? Um, I think we've just got to trust that people will work with their coaches to know what's best for them. Um, you know, this these are people who kind of know what they're doing and know what they can cope with and, and know how their bodies are feeling towards the end of the, the season. Um, it sounds like, you know, based on the number of people who did um, decide not to go to Rome or went to Rome with a very light schedule, like they, you know, that we really did kind of try and take care of people in that sense. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how easy it would have been for someone like Tom Dean or Freya Anderson, who we relied on so heavily for relays to say, actually, I don't want to go if relay focus was always going to be, um, you know, the way that it was um, in, in this particular event. But, um, you know, they seem to be fine and having a great time. Um, it isn't like it is really heavy. It's been a really tough end to the year. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, I mean, I, it, it didn't seem like anyone had been dragged there. Um, so I think we've just got to trust that everyone made the right decision for themselves. And do you know what the big attraction was for quite a few of the swimmers? That pool, swimming in that pool was actually quite a big lure uh, for those who hadn't done it or had done it at junior level. A lot of people wanted to go back there just to experience that. It is a great pool. Yeah, and you don't get a lot of outdoor international competition anymore with FINA having decided they're not going to do world champs outdoors. So, uh, yeah, great experience, I'm sure, from, from that point of view as well. Um, right, there's three kind of quick fire or more quick fire type questions left to go before we wrap things up. Uh, not not specifically relevant to this week, but um, we are at the end of the season, so um, you know, worth throwing these in. So firstly, from from Kat, favourite relay performance of the year, Katie. God, I can't remember any. I genuinely, I genuinely can't. Um, there've been so many. Particularly, I mean, we've had about twenty seven in Rome alone. Um, I can't I even remember was. our results anywhere. So somebody's no, going to have to help I, I, me I out. I know what mine was. Anchor leg for Tom Dean in the uh, four by one in Birmingham. Absolutely, no doubt Which about four the, by the, one. The, Remind the, me. The medley, medley. relay. Men's medley. Right, right the medley, medley relay. Yeah, where where we uh, touched out Australia by. Oh by yeah, a, okay, right, fine. I'm with Bob. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Uh, yeah, well, that would have been my pick as well. I have to say, uh, you know, there were a couple in um, uh, in Budapest when when Tom split. 46s which were crazy which were which were very good as well but no i'm with you four made one medley uh head to head with carl chalmers in birmingham definitely my favorite um next two uh best or most most up and coming british swimmer that's from hannah bob medi harris yeah i thought you might pick her katie <laughs> yeah i'd probably go for medi um i i am intrigued at how much time someone like katie shanahan's dropped recently um i think I think Medi's like standard is is higher at the moment, but I'm sort of quite excited about seeing a bit more of that come off some of Katie's best times and where she can get to. Yeah, I think I think I would have flip flopped between those two and then failed to make a decision. So I think that's a good point to uh, to move on. Right, last question also from Hannah. Um, the uh, the next world record so I think Miley is going to fall. Us, it? It's okay. not Hannah Miley, no, no it's right. different, <laughs> different Hannah. I think she, yeah. Um, next world record fall. I'm going to go first here because. Uh, um, I have a, a feeling the next world record we will see, or um, obviously probably next year now in terms of long course competition, women's 50 metres breaststroke. Uh, Ruth was very close in um, in Rome uh, in her semi-final, um, but it just feels like it's in, in relative terms, it's a soft one. Um, when you look at the, the FINA points, 
which which are all related to the world record in each event, it scores really highly, which implies there's lots of people right up against it. Um, I think five of the the top fourteen swims in Rome all came in the women's fifty breaststroke um, in the women's events. So, um, all right, that's my call for when the next one's going to come from. Katie, I think that's I think that's a good. Cool. The, the thing is, though, you, you look at something like Commonwealth Games, and we were pretty like the winning time was pretty far off, and same with Worlds was pretty far off. Um, route to getting that close was, you know, that 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 was brilliant. But sometimes people just seem to miss that by a mile. I think the ones that are exposed are women's fifty back as well, um, which people just seem to be circling around all the time. But to be honest, I now think I now think we're going to see some serious moves in the men's hundred free. Um, I think now someone's done it. There are a lot of hungry people now. We don't know what's going on with Caleb Dressel, whether he's still, uh, we, you know, we're going to see him at the level we've seen him, if we're going to see him again. There seems to be quite a lot of chat around that. But I think Kyle Chalmers list looked really good and um, Popovich is obviously now leading the way. Um, but I think it's one of those things where now someone's done it, it's just going to keep falling. And he's just chipped away at it. I don't think it's out of reach for a lot of people. Obviously, men's 200 breasts might go again. Yeah, good. I'm going to go with Milax 100 fly. Oh yeah, good one. The hundred yeah. was that, Bob? Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's yeah. taking the two hundred down so much. I think that's hard to do, but I think the hundred's uh, in his range. I think he's got his eye on that one forty nine, though, hasn't he? Mm. Um, and he he, I haven't seen him look pleased for so long. Um, he seems like he has the highest standards for himself, and I don't think we'll see him look pleased until he goes one forty nine. No, I think uh, I think the point at which he goes one forty nine will probably see Andy Jameson spontaneously combust in the uh, in the commentary <laughs> box because uh, it would be well, it would be bonkers, wouldn't it? One forty nine two hundred fly, absolutely amazing. But um, there we go. So that's that's all the questions that we've we've got time for. Thank you guys for sending those in. Um, time to to wrap this up for for this season. Um, any any final thoughts on on this very unusual summer, Bob? I think we'll never have a summer like it again. And I think all the swimmers appreciate that. They're going to look at next year's calendar and go, I've only got worlds to worry about. So, you know, that those who've come through those three meets, and Tom Dean be a good case, and obviously Matt Richards, people like that, you know, I, I take my hat off because that is exertion to the very point of exhaustion. And I think uh, that those who came through relatively unscathed are hu- superhuman. <laughs> Katie, any final thoughts? Um, yeah, agreed. I hope everyone has a really nice holiday now. Um, and my final slightly grumpy thought is that I really enjoyed the pace of the finals at Europeans, uh, particularly in the wake of the Commonwealth Games, very slow paced finals, not as in the pace of the swimming, as in the pace of progressing through the final sessions. Yeah. And I think I think uh, my final takeaway for this season is that more meets should have dogs at their uh, medal ceremonies oh so, yes uh, i do agree with that although i did feel a bit sorry for the dogs because it must have been boiling it was boiling you've got a massive shaggy coat in 34 degree heat uh they didn't look happy they weren't giving many water as far as i could see i'm sure they i'm sure they i'm sure they were looking after them behind the scenes we hope anyway right time to, time to call it quits uh bob katie thank you ever so much for your uh, for your thoughts across the across a very long and arduous season thank um, you very much thank you I don't know when we'll be back. Uh, you know, there's there's no, funnily enough, there, there isn't another meet in two weeks' time that we'll be talking about, which is uh, something of a strange feeling. But um, there may be some some things that pop up in the autumn. Best way to find out about those will be to keep an eye on social media, at Poolboy on Twitter or at Poolboy UK on uh, Instagram. Um, it's, been a, it's been a great season. We've really enjoyed talking about 
such a lot of international swimming. So if you've been with us all the way through, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Pool Boy Podcast. For more episodes, visit www.poolboy.co.uk slash podcast.